Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2022, and this episode covers all of today's Major League Baseball games. In case you're new here, I've built a mathematical model for win probability, hitter and pitcher projections, and analyze weather data. We're going to make one side pick and one total pick on every game that's played Monday through Sunday, though there are no Sunday shows. Does it mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why the model or I like a certain play in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As we go through my plays, remember there are no locks and gamblings. So what I give you are loves, likes, and links to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Yesterday didn't go as well for us as had hoped. Some wild games. I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of good luck and a lot of bad luck. <clears throat> Mariners, you know, getting no hit into the eighth inning. Montas with the with a great start. I tweeted about this. I said, hey, I, I think the Mariners are the right side unless you can guarantee Montas goes eight. And I, <laughs> The answer is nine. Unless Montas is going nine, you can't really trust that A's bullpen. Um, obviously, he deserved a better fate than that. Yeah, that Astros Yankees game, which if you had told me yesterday that there would be runs on five pitches, I probably still would have taken the under eight and a half, but I probably would have backed it down a grade. I would have said, hey, I could easily go over if there's five pitches that have runs, but I would have debated that. I would have never guessed that there were 13 runs in a game where only five plays had runs. Uh, that was a wild one. I mean, if we can get three more like that, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I don't think anybody expected what happened with Musgrove, of course, as fantastic as he's been. And as I mentioned this yesterday, the underlying metrics saying he's a fantastic pitcher. It wasn't complete smoke and mirrors, and uh, he got hit around. Uh, so just kind of a wonky day yesterday. Uh, hopefully you made it through uh, without too much damage. And that'll move us to today. Before we get to that slate, though, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free and the only way. Assuming you turn notifications on to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. Share with a friend if you know others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment if you're on YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. And we're going to get going. 6.40 Eastern, first pitch to the Mets, the Marlins. Uh, Taiwan Walker versus Indy. Alcantara and I um, tweeted about this guy yesterday. He's fantastic. And I mentioned before, he's not as good as that 170 ERA, but uh, he's clearly a top 10 pitcher in baseball, probably a top five pitcher. He eked up into the third spot yesterday in my ranking. Now, just barely, there's a couple guys right at his heels that won start from a couple different people could easily take that away from him but a fantastic pitcher advanced metrics say his era should be in the low threes which is obviously still very good um projects just to be just fantastic i mean there's really no other way to put it uh he'll be opposed by tywin walker not bad in his own right um a, a, an upper two era advanced metrics say it should be more in the mid threes projects more in the upper threes uh, but a good pitcher himself you know, not to the level that, um, you know, his opposing pitcher is, but not bad himself. 
And it's kind of with that in mind that the model says the Mets are minus 103. Of note in this game, the Mets, and, and I and I displayed, I kind of mentioned some of the updates. I'll kind of talk about them as I go through the show. One of them is that I've added in, in the Google Sheet a I've updated it so now it's not rest of season, it's just the current lineup, um, which probably gives you a better representation of what's happening today. Also, with respect to it, I've added the versus left-handed pitcher versus right-handed pitcher. Now, in general, this is a, a topic I want to make sure I understand. I'm not taking individual player versus lefty or righty data. Most of that is not very good. It's very noisy. Um, it's it's generic lefty-righty splits, which work well nine times out of ten for most players. And so for an aggregate team, it's going to work pretty well. So I'm applying generic lefty-righty split differences. So it basically just tells you kind of how righty or lefty heavy a team is and i'm applying that um, for the duration of the game that i project the other pitcher to go and so the mets pretty good offense are better against righties than lefties they have a few extra left-handed and switch hitters in their lineup the marlins offense not great better against lefties than righties as they're very right-handed heavy and so that discrepancy takes the Mets offensive edge up a notch the Mets obviously have a bullpen edge the model says Mets minus 103 and I think that this is a coin toss game as good as our boy Sandy there is I think that the Mets better bullpen and I think that the Mets better offense kind of counteracts that maybe you could convince me that the Marlins should be slight favorites in this game. The Marlins are a good team. Don't get me wrong. But the fact that they're minus 143 favorites is just way too far. This is again, somewhere near a coin toss. Mets plus 132 makes too much sense. If we never fade good pitchers, we're going to lose a lot of money because we're going to be paying way too much, way too steep of a price. Good pitchers do lose, right? We all understand that. And good pitchers have games like Montas yesterday where Montas was fantastic. And their team lost because of his because of his bullpen. It's it's the weight that a starting pitcher gets. I mean, if you think about it this way, half of the game is about you and half the game is about your opponent. So for this whole game, you can only give anything, any one player on the Marlins 50% of the impact. Given that pitching is only um, half the battle, you know, start cutting that down even more. Given that he's not going to go nine as deep as he goes, start cutting down even more. I mean, he's a big part of this game. He's the biggest part of this game. He's going to have the most impact on this game of any one player, but he's just one of 25 players who are going to impact this game. If you remove him, the Mets have some solid edges everywhere else. So I think this price is just way too high. Mets plus 132 is an A-grade pick. I love these odds here in this one. And I'll take the under 7.5. I think this total should be 7. It's only a B-grade pick for two reasons. Number one, the juice is not favorable. And B, as I've mentioned before, we're, this park isn't really a pitcher's park. It's fairly neutral. I've updated park ranking or park factors. Um, it's kind of my projection based off of uh, how the new ball, the humidor, a couple of parks have had some minor changes, um, how that's playing out. And it's slightly friendly to pitchers, but really just not that much. And so it's just a low number to go against with as good of an offense as the Mets is. But I think both pitchers are good enough. I'm go, I'm comfortable going under seven and a half here. It reminds me of the game last week that was in Shea. Uh, you still have Bassett for Walker, though. And Bassett's a little bit better of a pitcher. That total was six and a half, and I said that was just too low. I think there were eight runs in that game. 
it feels about like the same game. I think we're more likely to get under seven and a half than not, but it's not a slam dunk. It would be a slam dunk at under eight. You're never going to see a number like that. This number probably gets to seven at some point in the day if it keeps moving this direction. And if so, hopefully you're getting some really good odds on it. I think it should be seven. So either plus odds or even money, again, a B pick, or if you're laying some odds under seven and a half, I think it's B pick. I like it. I like both these bullpens, but it's just not – Walker is just not quite good enough, in my opinion. Uh, and this best offense is pretty good. Uh, just not comfortable enough to give that an A, so it'd be under for me in that one. Astros at the Yankees, 7.05 Eastern, the first pitch. Already talked about last night's game. Tonight we're going to be a little bit warmer, not by much. We're going to start off in the upper 70s, close in the low 70s, so a few degrees warmer than yesterday. Winds will be blowing mostly across. A slight in-breeze early on, maybe, as it shifts towards a cross later. Early on, it might be in the 5 to 10 mile an hour range, so there's a chance that if the wind's the right direction, at the right gust, it could it could help a little bit. For the most part, I'm just treating that as it might help temper a slightly warmer start temperature. Not by much. I mean, it, it's mostly a neutral pitcher environment. Um, it's just that the early on, when it's a tiny bit warmer, might be counteracted by that wind. Again, fairly neutral with regards to the weather, though. Astros offense, Yankees offense, both of them are fantastic. They both can hit a lot of home runs. We saw that last night. Two really good pitchers again tonight with Verlander and Severino. There's really not much to say about either one of these guys. I mean, Verlander probably won't have a 2.3 ERA all season, but if he lands in the low threes, that wouldn't surprise me. Severino is already in the low threes. Advanced metrics and projections say it should be a tiny bit higher, but it's mostly rounding error. He's fantastic. Verlander is obviously fantastic. Two really good pitchers, two really good offenses, two solid bullpens. I mean, uh, heavyweight fight again tonight. The model says Yankees minus 118. This one's all about the price. The price might have already moved by the time I hit the record button. I'm not really sure. All about the price on this one. If you could get a price in the minus, you know, 120, about minus 120 or in the upper minus one teens, I'm comfortable playing the Yankees. If you can get a price... You know, in the plus 120s or plus, you know, plus 120 or low plus 120s, I'm comfortable playing the Astros. Right now, you're not really seeing either one of those. Right now, I think it's priced fantastic. I'll take a I'll take a flyer with the Astros at plus 117. It, that number is closer to my number. So I'll take that as a lean. But, again, I give the Yankees a slight edge tonight, not a large one. And that's exactly how it's priced. So it really all depends on shopping around and what sort of line movements we might see. Again, I think my number's pretty good there with regards to how I would play it personally. And right now, I just don't see an edge. Total seven and a half. I'll go under that. It's even money, which I do like. Only a B grade pick. Uh, yeah, I'm a little scarred from yesterday from all the home runs. I think both these pitchers are fantastic, and it's not going to be a hot one tonight. If it, you know, if it's hot weather, it's it's a whole different story. But I think these pitchers are really good. Yankees Yankee Stadium still plays more pitcher friendly than hitter friendly. Um, I think under's the way to go. I don't. I, again, I don't think we see four three run home runs again. I don't see think we see two three run home runs again tonight. That's you don't see a ton of those with this good of pitching, but it's on the table with these offenses. So I mean, I like the under. I think these offenses, as good as they are, can be held down by these pitchers, but. These offenses are too good to really go that heavy against the under. I learned my lesson from last night, even though I don't think under was a bad play last night. It just goes to show that there's too much variability with the offenses that can go yard as easily as that. 
to give that an A grade under. So I'll take the under. I think it's the right side still, but only a B pick. Again, too much variability with the long ball with these two incredible offenses. 7-10 Eastern first pitch, Red Sox at the Guardians. We're going to start off in the low 80s in Cleveland, close in the low 70s. The winds will be under five miles an hour in this one, so no real wind effect. Nick Pavetta versus Cal Quantrill. Pavetta's having a fantastic season, 331 ERA. Advanced metrics say it should be about a half run higher, and the projection still lags behind that because historically he has not been as good. But he finally rates above average now in my system. And again, considering to improve, he's having a solid season, a little bit of a career resurgence here for him. Quantrill, kind of a similar boat, just take everything up about half a run. His ERA is almost half a run higher at the advanced metrics about half a run higher than Pavetta, the projection about half a run higher. So kind of the same story, just a little bit worse. Uh, you can call Quantrill the poor man's Nick Pavetta, which is a weird statement to make. Model says Red Sox should be a minus 102 favorite. So I'll take the Guardians at plus 106. It's only a C play for me, though. The edge is really small. It is about a 1% edge. The percents bunch up there around the 50-50s. So it is a 1% edge, which is a solid edge. It, it would be at different points of the pricing. This would probably be a B play. But at this point of the pricing, I just don't think it's a big enough edge for us to invest that second unit. So I've got a C pick on the Guardians. I think there's value. It's just not a lot. It's a coin toss game. The Red Sox um, do have the better offense, but their bullpen is worse. They do have the better starting pitcher, but they're on the road. I mean, if that doesn't say coin toss game, I don't know what does. So plus 106 offers some value. If this gets up in the upper plus 100s towards plus 110, it's definitely a B grade pick at that point. If the number gets really carried away at some point, it's an A pick. You have to figure out what that threshold is for you. For me, it'd probably be about 115 uh, would be an A grade pick. Maybe a tiny bit lower than that, but not by much. Again, that plus 110 number is about where I'm looking for a B, plus 115 probably for an A. But again, a coin toss game plus odds on either side makes sense. I just don't think at this point we're going to see plus odds on the Red Sox. So that puts me on the Guardians because I think anything can happen and I want plus odds in these type of games. Total's eight and a half. I'll go under with a lean. Well, minus 120 odds I don't like. I think the total should be eight. So I'll go under. I think both of these pitchers are decent enough. Um, the weather's not really extremely hitter friendly. So I think it's a situation where... I think under is probably the smarter option, but it's not one that I have a lot of confidence in with regards to totals. I think there's better investments across the board uh, from the way I see it. 17 Easter first pitch, Pirates at the Rays. Pirates with a wild winner yesterday. Game they had controlled, then tried to blow it, and then won on a walk-off. I believe it was Brian Hayes scoring at the end there. Maybe hurt himself. I haven't heard an update on that. I would say that matters, but the Pirates offense is so bad. I'm not really sure it does. I don't like that offense either way. They'll throw Mitch Keller tonight against Jeffrey Springs. You have a Pirates offense. Again, not good. But against righties, even worse, as they're very right-handed heavy. Keller, I, I like this kid. He Again, I, I think he's kind of been up and down, but I, I think he's going in the right direction. He still projects below average, but I think he's probably closer to league average than the model indicates. His advanced metrics are a little bit more friendly than his ERA is in the season. And he'll be opposed by Jeffrey Springs, who has a two ERA. Uh, obviously, he won't keep that up, but the underlying metrics say low threes. So, I mean, this is a really good pitcher. 
Um, he projects a little bit worse than that. Um, he's definitely getting a ding in the projection system because he's not projected to go deep into the game. Uh, but overall, I really like Springs. We backed him plenty of times before. I think he's a very good pitcher. The model says the Rays are more likely to win this than not. It makes them a minus 166 favorite. Then it's a 62% win probability. And that sounds about right. The Rays have the better offense. Uh, shockingly enough, though, the Pirates actually rate with a better bullpen than the Rays do. Uh, the model does not like the Rays' bullpen. It thinks they basically traded away one too many arms over the last year or so. But you got a starting pitcher edge, you got an offense edge at home. Tampa's the right side here for sure with regards to just who do you think is going to win. Unfortunately, we don't get to make that bet. We have to lay odds in that regard. And race minus 190 to me is just too steep. It's a it's a take the dog or pass type game in my opinion. The odds are just not there. Again, the race probably win this game. But as I'm always talking about, if you're playing the race 190, if you're playing them on the run line, if you're playing them at a parlay, I just think you're adding more risk than the payout's worth. So I think you either take a chance with the dog here on the Pirates at the current prices, or you pass on this one with regards to the side. The number's plus 175 on Pittsburgh, given that the numbers that the model thinks it should be 166. I'm comfortable playing the Pirates with the B pick. I think Keller is decent enough, can keep them in this game. You have a severe pitcher's park, one that, uh, based off the data from this year, shows as even more pitcher-friendly than in years past, and that's potentially small sample size, but it's potentially also just the way that the humidor is affecting the baseball. It could be just the fact that we're, again, the ball's sitting on something and then adding some moisture to them, and then how they're transported. We know that the shape has gotten a little bit weird. It just seems to have a fairly strong effect in that park. Real pitcher's park. With regards to that, that's why I'm taking the under. It's seven and a half, and it's an A-grade pick. I think it's a low-scoring game. I think Keller can hold the Rays' offense down. I don't think the Pirates score very much in general. Pirates have a decent enough bullpen yesterday, you know, aside. I think it's a low-scoring game that can kind of go either way, and at that point, I want plus 175 all day. So it's a B-grade pick on the Pirates with an A-grade pick on the under seven and a half. Again, Rays more likely to win. I just don't think it's a wise long-term investment. If you're going out to Vegas and you're just betting once a season – Sure, the race probably win, and at that point, you're just looking to win games because you're not in the long term. If you're, if you're long term playing, I just think the odds are too steep on the Rays, personally. Seven twenty Eastern first pitch Dodgers at the Braves. This one should be a fun one here in the NL. Uh, this series, we're going to start off tonight in the mid eighties, close around eighty degrees. Winds will be blowing in at about ten miles an hour, and there's a chance of rain some pop up showers here so it's the one game tonight that might see a rain delay might not might play completely interrupted it should get in it just might have a delay at some point of the game but again not quite the same hitter friendly weather that we had seen previously you do have a hitter friendly park especially in the summer it is warmer for sure in the in the mid 80s and low 80s for most of this game just not quite the crazy hitting weather we saw yesterday that we saw earlier in this series Julio Urias versus Ian Anderson, two pitchers that I don't really think are that good. I rate them both right around league average. Urias, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop with him. 256 ERA, he's had fantastic results, but the underlying metrics say his ERA should be in the low fours. That's about where he projects. I just don't see him keeping on doing this. If he does, congrats to him. Uh, It's just, hey, I'm, I'm putting my foot down and saying I do not believe that Urias is as good as his ERA indicates. He's not bad. I just think he's very average, good enough to be in a big league rotation, absolutely, and make millions of dollars and be a part of a contending team, just not 
you know, Cy Young contender. That's just my take. If you disagree with that, then that informs how you probably want to play this game. But I have Urias as very average. I have Ian Anderson the same way. A, a young guy who we've talked about before. Hadn't quite put it together yet. ERA of 435, advanced metrics right there with it. Projection a tiny bit better. This model kind of thinks for the most part. He's offering them decent length. And in general, a guy who, being younger, projects to get a little bit better every start. Not a lot, just a little bit. So projection is slightly more friendly than that. But his projection um, and Urias, again, are very similar. So far this season, they have identical number of games pitched and innings pitched. It's just that the ERAs, and, and almost identical advanced metrics, just the ERAs are the story where I just, I think it's misleading. It's my take. Model says Dodgers minus 105. And, and I think that makes a lot of sense here. You have a Braves offense that is better against left-handed pitching than right-handed pitching. Um, that gives them a slight boost. Their offense is already above average anyway. Obviously, Albies out hurts, um, but I still think their offenses, we talked about it, you know, not top tier, but still above average. Again, gets a little bit of a boost against the lefties as they're fairly right-handed heavy. Um, Dodgers offense is fantastic, don't get me wrong, but they're on the road. Um, both bullpens are very good. I mean, you take the you take the pitchers are just basically a wash at this point. The bullpens, the difference in the starting pitchers, in my opinion, are all just rounding error. You've just got a better Dodgers offense. Braves are at home. That makes it pretty much a wash. The model says Dodgers minus 105. You can maybe convince me it should be Dodgers minus 110. Uh, I think this Dodgers team is fantastic, but I don't think this Braves team, There's I can't really find a way to say that this Braves team is that much worse. The Dodgers should be this big of favorites on the road. It makes no sense to me. I'm taking the Braves at plus 126. I think this price has gotten way out of hand. A great pick for me. Again, a coin toss game, plus 126. Sign me up. I want that extra unit on it. It may not win in this game, but it's going to win more times than not. And with regards to total, it's nine and a half. I want to go over. I don't really believe in either pitcher, and I do believe in these offenses. It's, it is Atlanta. It is a warmer night. It's just not warm enough. And the wind blowing in, in that five to 10 mile an hour range, uh, throughout the night, it's not really going to die down. Both bullpens are pretty good. I like both these bullpens a lot. I just can't quite go a grade over nine and a half. Uh, I would have gone a grade over nine and a half yesterday um, with both of these teams' games, given the weather that they were in. Uh, thankfully, only had to go over nine, but it didn't matter. Both of them cleared the over. So yesterday, I would have gone over nine and a half. I would have gone over 10 in both these games yesterday, probably with an A pick. Today, though, it's just not quite there. So I like the over still, but, it, you know, over nine, love it. Over nine and a half, I think it's probably the right side, but I am nervous about the game landing nine. So if you can find a nine, even with a little bit of juice, I think it's a better investment. Uh, again, my 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 shtick here, many of you all heard this, you know, I'm making picks just one book and one book only. I'm not shopping around. I'm stuck with what I got to try to make tougher decisions. Hopefully you have easier and better decisions that makes you more profitable than the sheet shows because I'm much more concerned about you making money than the sheet making money. We can all shop around. Again, I would encourage you to do it. So if you can find a nine, I like that better than this nine and a half. I still think over is the right side, but I'm just too nervous about a, a five to four game or a, or a four to four game late where I'm like, oh, now we got to get two more runs somehow in order to get the win as opposed to if you got over nine, four to four, you're like, hey, at least I got a push. Can't lose this one. That's always a good feeling. So B grade pick for me on the over and A grade pick on the Braves. Plus 126, two good odds in a coin toss game to pass up. 805 Eastern first pitch, Nationals at the Rangers. Paulo Espino versus Dane Dunning. Two pitchers that I was a little surprised that the model was this positive on. Uh, Espino, a guy who's getting a ding in the rating because he doesn't project to go deep. 
But so far in his 35 innings of work this year, 229 ERA, fantastic results. And the advanced metrics don't think he's great, but the underlying metrics in those 35 innings say his ERA should be in the upper threes. It's not bad. Uh, projection, again, lags a little bit, getting a little bit of a ding because the depth uh, that he's probably not going to go six or seven. But a solid pitcher, I rate him at a, at a 103. It's just barely below average, and, and that might be even a little bit unfriendly. Maybe he's a tad bit better than that. Rangers with Dane Dunning, a 440 ERA, but the advanced metrics say he should be in the upper threes. He rates as above average. Two pitchers that are solid. Two offenses that are okay. The Rangers offense is, is a little above average. Nationals offense is not. The Rangers bullpen and offense are – and that's all their starting pitch. The Rangers are just all over the map. They're like a 500 team. That's about where they are right now. And, and they feel like the team that's going to go 81 and 81 on the season. And they're going to do it by like 60 super impressive wins and 60 super like – this team has no good losses. I mean, they just they just seem all over the map. They should take care of business against a weaker Nationals team. They do have an edge in the bullpen. The Nationals bullpen is atrocious. They do have an edge on offense. The Nationals offense is atrocious. Even if you call the starting pitchers a watch, the Rangers at home, the Rangers should win this game. I like them at 164 here with a B-grade pick. The model says minus 174. The price is just a little too high for an A-grade. If this was in the 150s, especially if it was in the mid-150s, if the number comes down later in the day, that's an A-grade pick. I like the Rangers. I just it's hard to lay a big number with the fact that this Rangers, like like I mentioned just previously, this Rangers team is kind of inconsistent. Their offense occasionally just doesn't show up. Uh, their bullpen rates out okay, but they sometimes struggle as well. So it's I'm just not confident enough in this Rangers team to lay a price like this with an A grade. Again, if the price comes down, it's a different story because it's all relative to the price. But at this point, I'll give this a B grade pick. We're still risking about 3.3 units to win our two units. So there's still a solid investment of the Rangers just to go even deeper into this team. I just want a better price than minus 164. I think the Rangers win. I like the Rangers. I like the price. B-grade pick, just not good enough of a price for me to give it an A-grade. A total is nine. I love this under nine. I believe much more in the starting pitchers here than I do the opposing offenses. The fear is what the Rangers offense can do to a very bad Nationals bullpen, but I just I really think that the the book isn't quite out yet on how much of a pitcher's park, uh, Globe Life Field, Stadium Park, whatever they're calling it. They, they they renamed the old one the same thing, but like changed the last word on it. It got really confusing. I don't know Globe Life, whatever it is, uh, the thing that looks like a Home Depot. Uh, it's just a pitcher's park. And especially in the summer, as runs, like I mentioned this before, as runs go up everywhere else, they just don't seem to go up there. Um, I just love this under nine. I don't see the Nationals scoring that much. I mean, the Nationals probably get two or three runs. The Rangers probably get, you know, five-ish runs. I mean, I see five-two, five-three type game. I love this under nine. Love the push protection here. This total should be eight, in my opinion. So under nine gets an A grade. I'd still go under eight and a half because, like I said, I think the total should be eight. Uh, but that push protection is fantastic in case – in case there's an extra one or two, because you never know about how the ball's going to bounce. I like the Rangers to win, and I love this under nine there in Arlington. 18 Eastern first pitch, A's at the Royals. Poor A's. Poor A's fans. There's like five of you out there, I know, but my condolences. It's been a rough year. I think it's just going to get worse. Yesterday hurt. I mean, as an A's fan, I saw some of the crowd. I mean, there weren't many people there, but the people in the stands, I mean, they were just 
pumped, you know, like, hey, our team's bad, but we got Montas. We're gonna hit a no. We're gonna have a no hitter, and that was rough for them. It'll be a warm one tonight in Kansas City. It'll be upper 80s to start, low 80s to close, and a fairly hitter friendly environment. Small chance of rain. Probably not gonna see anything there, but it is at least not zero. The A's will throw Cole Irvin, who is just very average according to the projection. His ERA in the low threes is about a run lower than it should be. I think that's a little bit of smoke and mirrors and a little bit of fact he's playing in one of two just extreme, 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 extreme pitcher's parks that we have in baseball today. I don't think he's going to be able to replicate that going forward, especially on the road when he gets out of his friendly home environment. Zach Grinke for the Royals, a low five ERA, probably a little inflated. It probably shouldn't be that bad, but at this point in his career, Grinke is average at best. The model says a little bit below average. I think he can have some success against this A's offense because I don't think much of the A's offense, but in general, it's not like it's a huge starting pitcher edge there for the Royals. And In fact, according to the model, Irvin is still a little bit better. Both these bullpens... Not great. Model says Royals minus 135. I'll back the Royals at minus 132 at a B pick. It's about as high as I want to go for that B pick. We've almost lost all the value in it. I think the Royals, really the biggest edge here comes in two places. One, in being home. Two, in the fact that their offense has a pulse. That kind of is is the short story of how the model gets two Royals should win 57% of the time. And at that price... Right, that prediction, the price of minus 132 offers a little bit of value. So I'll give a little bit of an investment here with a B pick. Any worse than this, it drops to a C grade. If we can get a better price, it becomes an A grade. I, I think the Royals win this game. It's just right now the price is too high to invest too much in, in my opinion. And the total is nine. I'll go over nine with a B grade pick here. Both pitchers and the bullpens rate out a little bit better than the offenses, but you have a warm night in Kansas City. The wind will be blowing across, so that shouldn't affect things there. And you have a, a hitter-friendly park, and you have a Royals team that has I, – I've been more playing unders involving the Royals because of the fact that their offense doesn't grade out very well at all, but they've been an over team this year. And again, part of that's the park. Well, let's play right into it. The A's have been kind of a mixed bag there. They can give up some runs, but they don't score a lot of runs. Well, if that happens tonight, we got a good shot at winning both of these picks. So I like both of them. It's not impossible, of course, but it seems hard. That, it seems unlikely we're going to lose both of these. I don't see the Royals not scoring at some point in this game, and I don't. And if the and if if the A's score, then we at least got the over. And if they don't score, we've at least got the Royals. And I just don't trust Grinky or these pitchers to keep the A's down that much. I mean, the A's get a few runs. The Royals were playing. They've been an over team. It's an over park. And it's a hot night. Uh, or a, a warm night, I should say. It's a warm night. Again, we're going to finish this game still uh, in the in the mid to low 80s. I mean, there's a chance we finish this game, and you never really know what the models. There's a chance we finish this game, and the temperature's still 85 degrees. So ball's going to be carrying there in that park. I'll take the over nine, and I'll take the Royals. Both B-grade picks. Both things I like. Not things I love and not a game that I'm going to watch probably one pitch of because in general, that's some not pretty baseball. Orioles at the White Sox. That Orioles defense last night was fantastic. Outfield. Uh, I don't, maybe infield made a good player too, but the outfield made 
one diving catch and at least three like full sprints at the warning track reaching out on i mean catches those are hard uh, as as uh, i played outfield in college and i'm telling you those when you're running full speed the wall's coming up on you and you're a full extension to catch it it's hard because you just when you run your head just bobs enough right you just misjudge things a lot and they made every catch last night Orioles defense was fantastic I mean hats off lost in the White Sox last night but I mean it was one it was it was kind of one of those uh you know from Anchorman right that you know you pooped in the refrigerator ate the whole wheel of cheese I'm not even mad I'm impressed I mean just an impressive job there by that Orioles defense a couple things to note about this game uh, before we get into the the breakdown of it number one uh, the offense for the White Sox and the Blue Jays as well are two of the most extreme with regards to lefty-righty split. So that's going to be um, more impacting the projections going forward. Obviously, the White Sox do better against uh, lefties as they are extremely right-handed heavy. Today, with Voth going for the Orioles, I don't really know how deep he's going to go. And so it's not that I I don't or both is righty of course it's it's I'm unsure if the White Sox are going to have you know five innings for sure against the righty and then the rest I'm treating as the standard split between lefties and righties balancing that out versus if it's only going to be two innings and that kind of adds a little bit of variability just how deep he's going to go just again we all know that the White Sox do hit better against lefties and so that could swing the probabilities in this based off just how deep you think Voth's going to grow going to go by at least probably about a percentage point they're one of the two really extreme teams with regards to that and the second thing some of the changes that i was making i'm kind of building towards a, a model that predicts totals incorporates weather does all the things that i do with my brain but kind of just codifies it and puts it out where i can predict a specific number rather than having to do kind of the mental math and the mental adjustments myself and in, in part of that work there were just some minor tweaks that happened and and i wasn't looking specifically here but i was kind of saying hey i've got to figure out a way to rate the oils a little bit better because i'm constantly fading it's constantly not working so the idea is it's just i just kind of up the uh, the updating of how i view a team just kind of accelerated that just a little bit because this Orioles team they're still not good they're not going to win 90 games but they're not nearly as bad as the model's been saying, and I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that. You finally see their bullpen now rates as slightly above average. Again, they've performed fantastic. I, I, I don't want to overreact, right? So that's and that's the tough thing here about modeling is in general, whether it's sports or anything else, is we have to figure out a way to not overreact to a small data set, but also not underreact and miss a trend that's clearly happening here. The so source bullpen isn't bad. Right now I rate them right around league average, and I think that's probably pretty fair. If they keep doing this, it'll keep continuing to get better. Um, their offense is still not good, but is at least closer to league average. And I think now it's kind of, they finally been updated. This is all the changes I was making during the day yesterday. The game last night had nothing to do with it. So the Orioles now, I hope the model's treating them a little bit better. So I think previously you could have said, hey, the model just hates the Orioles, and that was reflective. That's why I put the, the team's tab in the Google Sheet. You could have looked at it and said, hey, the model's just like constantly fading the Orioles. So take that price with a grain of salt or maybe shift it a dime, you know, whatever you kind of want to do with that. Hopefully now going forward, we've kind of solved that issue and we're still going to fade the Orioles at times, but hopefully now we're going to fade them the appropriate amount of times. And the flip story, flip side of that while we're here is the Padres as well. The models love the Padres. I've been talking about that and just kind of trying to find a way to 
say, hey, they're still good. They're a fantastic team. But any model that spits out just kind of like, hey, you should always play them is a little bit concerning. So hopefully now that's also been tempered. Those are kind of the two uh, two that I, I wasn't trying to make changes with them in mind. But as I was making just slight tweaks and kind of updating some stuff, those are the two that at the end of the day, when I saw the output, I was like, hey, I'm hoping that, the, that those are the two. I was like, I kind of want those a little bit more in balance because in general, I kind of want to back most teams and fade most teams in the 40 to 60% of the time. Um, good teams and teams that are profitable want to back more, of course, but even the worst teams still cover, or in this case, with you know, win, still win, you know, enough that you should play them at the prices that they're offered every so often, right? I mean, as bad as bad teams are, when you get big plus odds, they don't have to win much to be profitable. So you should never just always back the same teams and fade the same teams. And so I'm aware of that. And so again, some of the changes and some of the tweaks, hopefully we got a little bit better of representation for some of these teams that the models just kind of um, always on or always against. So with that said, the Orioles White Sox here, uh, no lineup right now as Voth has not confirmed. He's the guy who I'm plugging in based off of some various reports that Fangraphs, that's uh, where I pulled this one from, that, that they had Voth going. First is Michael Kopech. Uh, Kopech is having a fantastic season. Not as good as those numbers, though. So take that into account. The advanced metrics say ZRA should be right around four, and that's exactly where he projects. Uh, not a guy who projects to go too deep into the game. So I have his projection right at league average. So that's something to keep in mind. Fantastic season for Kopech, but... I think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, all right? Model says White Sox minus 149. That's, again, with Voth in. It should be a fairly neutral environment in Chicago. The weather will be in the mid to upper 70s with a five-mile-an-hour wind blowing in. So that should treat it just like a basically normal average night in white in, uh, for, for the White Sox there with regards to the weather. That's the one game without a line as of right now. So, as always, I will tweet out and update the sheet when – there's a number on that, and I've locked in a play. 18 Eastern first pitch, Rockies at the Twins. Warm night in Minnesota, upper 80s to start, low 80s to close. The winds will be blowing across, maybe in as the game moves along. It'll be a windy night, 10 to 15 miles an hour, but probably more across than anything. Slight chance of rain, non-zero, but not anything that should affect things too much. Herman Marquez versus Dylan Bundy. Marquez, not as bad as that ERA that's inflated by Coors and a couple of bad bounces, but at this point, very league average, which is he's been a very up and down pitcher. He's a guy who, when he gets rolling, can pitch really well and pitch really well in Denver, even. Uh, but at this point, um, underlying metrics for this season and his projection both just very league average. Bad Rockies bullpen, not a great Rockies offense, in my opinion. Versus the Twins, good offense, not a great bullpen, and not a great starting pitcher themselves in Bundy. I have Bundy below average, probably not as bad as that 517 ERA, but not a, not even two league average yet. Model says Twins minus 171. That's more or less it's saying the Twins are at home. Their bullpen isn't great, but it's still better than the Rockies, which seems fair. Starting pitchers are washed. Twins offense is better than the Rockies offense. The Rockies offense is so tough to judge because half their numbers coming in cores. But when you look at the park adjusted stats, this Twins offense, I think, is a lot better than this Rockies offense. When you have a massive edge on offense, a solid edge in the bullpen, 
and you're at home. It kind of makes sense. Twins minus 171 is the number the model makes. I think that's about right. I'll take the Twins at minus 151 with a B pick. I can't make this an A grade pick because backing Dylan Bundy with an A grade pick just seems foolish. So I like the Twins. I think they're on the right side. I think they're priced right. It's not a big enough edge, or if the Twins are minus 180, I'd play them. But at minus 151, I think it's a solid investment. B grade pick for me on the Twins. And the total is nine, and, and I'll go over. It's not one I feel confident on whatsoever. I think it's priced pretty well at nine. I'll go over, even though it's minus 125, just because it's a warm night. And I think I think the Twins' offense will have some success, and the Twins giving up runs never surprises me. Yesterday aside, being such a weird game there that they played with Cleveland. So I'll go over, but it's not one I'm confident whatsoever. I think the total is priced pretty well in that one. 18 Eastern first pitch, Blue Jays at the Brewers. Alec Manoa versus Adrian Hauser. Adrian Hauser, I swear, is a pinball with regards to his results and his rating. At this point, it, it it's all kind of come out in the wash in that his ERA, advanced metric, and projection all are right around the same thing, right around league average. But it's like he's so all or nothing. He's either fantastic or he's awful. Um, going up against this Blue Jays offense is a tall task. Of course, a Blue Jays offense that is right-handed heavy, a Blue Jays offense that uh, I facing a lefty, can definitely do some damage, but facing a righty, very good still, just not quite as good. Alec Manoa, a two ERA, probably won't keep that up, but advanced metrics are in the low threes. I really like this kid a lot. His projection is in the mid threes. His rating of 88, it might be a little low. I, he might be a little bit better than that. Model might be a little bit down on him for some reason. It can't be perfectly accurate on everybody with hundreds of pitchers. Definitely a starting pitcher edge for the Blue Jays. For sure. No questioning that. Uh, definitely an offensive edge for the Blue Jays. No questioning that. Bullpen-wise, though, the Brewers have a better bullpen. And, of course, as we know, if the Brewers have a lead, the back end of that bullpen is very good. And if the Blue Jays have a lead, the back end of their bullpen, not as good relative to other back ends. Model says Blue Jays minus 121. I think that makes sense. And I know people are going to be a little surprised at that. People are going to say, hey, Blue Jays have the better starting pitcher and they have the better offense. They should be bigger favorites in that. But, again just kind of the quick mental gymnastics we can do. If you start off with the road team's favorite 53% of the time, that means the Blue Jays are 47%. I mean, shifting them 8% because the edge that they have in the starting pitch of the offense makes sense. I'd probably shift them maybe more like 10% and then you jump back to because of the bullpen. So, I mean, Blue Jays minus 121 says they win 55% of the time, and that seems about right. The Blue Jays should are more likely to win. But being on the road, they're not a slam dunk. Now, again, you flip this and this game's in Toronto, then all of a sudden the Blue Jays should be in the minus 160, minus 170 range, right? But in Milwaukee, well, I think the Blue Jays are the, you know, again, better offense, better pitcher, everything. Um, it's just hard to make them this big of favorites on the road. Minus 149 just seems like a crazy price for the Brewers on a bad team at home. And they don't have a bad pitcher going. They have a, just a very average pitcher and a very inconsistent one. And so, you know, early on, you may know, right? The Blue Jays put up five runs in the first. It's over. Move on to the next game. But if Hauser's on, uh, plus 138 is going to be a steal of a price. So we get a lot of variability in this game. But in general, I think there's value on the Brewers. Plus 138, B-grade pick. Again, I think that kind of summarizes why it's a B-grade pick. There's a lot of variability. I don't want to be over-invested in the game that who the heck knows what's going to happen. But there's value with this number at 138. I think the, the Brewers can win this enough times. Hauser shows up and is respectable enough times and or the bullpen takes over and the Blue Jays bullpen gives up some runs enough times that plus 138 offers value. Be a great pick for me there. 
Total's eight and a half. I kind of think the total should be eight, but I don't feel that strongly about it. So under is the pick there. Manoa's pretty good. Again, Hauser could easily show up, but the 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 knowing that the Blue Jays could score five in the first makes me a little bit hesitant to go too heavy on this under. So I think under is probably the right play, but it's not one I'm overly confident on there in Milwaukee. A15 Eastern first pitch, Cubs at the Cardinals, a warm one in St. Louis. We're going to start off in the low 90s, close in the low 80s. The winds will be blowing about five miles an hour across, maybe a little in. Probably not a ton of wind effect. Mostly there we're talking about a warm night where the ball is going to carry pretty well there in St. Louis. Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs. Maybe not as bad as that 543 ERA, but probably not that much better than that. A guy who I think at this point is fairly far below league average, not a pitcher I really like at all. I think he's going to get hit around by a Cardinals offense that uh, continues to impress me for the most part. You know, not every single night, but their offensive rating is rising in my rankings. Cubs offense is bad. I took a stand on Twitter yesterday. I think this Cubs bullpen isn't that bad. And I think it's actually better than the Cardinals bullpen, but the Cardinals at home with a huge edge in the offense and Palante going for them. It kind of, treating this as a bullpen game. He's very average and pretty much around where the rest of their bullpen is. I don't know how deep he'll go. The three-ish, maybe four innings would be kind of the expectation. He may go less. He may go more as he as he kind of starts more, but at this point, he, he doesn't have enough, enough data there for me to feel confident he's going to go five. But, I mean, decent pitching for the Cardinals, good offense. Um, and that decent pitching for the Cardinals is probably better than Hendricks. Model says Cardinals minus 167, and I think that's about right. I love the Cardinals here at minus 150. It's an A-grade pick for me. Probably an A-grade pick up until right around 155 is probably the cut point. In the, in the upper 150s and the low 160s, it drops to a B pick. I think the Cardinals should be favored by more here. I don't think this Cubs team is very good. I was very prepared after yesterday and some of the updates and talking about some of the, uh, you know, these minor adjustments. I was very prepared to be like, oh, now that – Model does really think the Cubs bullpen's good, and it's gonna like it's gonna back the Cubs. Thankfully, it doesn't. I don't think this Cubs team is that good. The bullpen is the best thing they've got, but that's not saying much. Their starters uh, leave a lot to be desired, starting with Hendricks here. The offense is very bad. Uh, I think they're really outmatched against the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals at this price, minus one fifties, and a great play. And the over nine is a B. It's a hot night. Uh, the Cubs offense isn't good, but it's warm enough. They'll get a couple of runs. Um, the Cardinals should score plenty. I mean, I really think the Cardinals probably get like six runs tonight. And at that point, all we need is the Cubs to get three to push. I think over is the way to look. I think this total should be nine and a half. At nine and a half, it's a really tough ask. And it makes it a, a nine and a half is a complete shrug. I have no idea what to do with it. But overnight, I think having that push protection there on nine is key. Be great pick. I think the Cardinals will score a lot of runs tonight off of Hendricks early on. 935 Eastern first pitch Mariners at the Angels. We're going to start off around 80 degrees in Anaheim and close around 70 degrees as usual in Anaheim. A slight breeze out to start dying down as the game goes along. Chris Flexen versus Michael Lorenzen. An edge of the Angels and starting pitcher here for Lorenzen. Both of these guys have about the same ERA, but the advanced metrics are more favorable to Lorenzen. He projects better. So a slight edge to the Angels there with regards to the starting pitcher, but the Angels' bullpen is only average. The Mariners bullpen is actually pretty good. And the model really likes this Mariners offense. Still rates them above. I say really likes, really likes relative to the perception. Still has them above average. I think the perception on them is worse than that. But I think, I think, and I could be wrong. You have to check the numbers, but Safeco might be like the third friendliest pitcher park 
according to my data at this point. And so I think that's part of where the Mariners' offensive struggles are come from. Half their games played in that park. It's third or fourth. I mean, it's it's up there with regards to to how pitcher friendly it is. And again, accounting for that, the model still likes this Mariners bullpen. Still thinks it's got a lot of depth. So when we get past flex into the rest of the bullpen, the Mariners should be in solid shape. Their offense is better than the Angels right now. The Angels have those three fantastic hitters, but overall, I rate them as just league average, uh, given that the rest of that offense is just so bad. So again, a slight edge to the Mariners here with the offense, an edge to the bullpen, Angels at home, Angels with a better starting pitcher. This feels like somewhere in the coin tossy type range. The model says Angels minus 114. That seems fair enough. Again, the Angels offense isn't bad. It's just um, you know inconsistent. The Angels bullpen isn't bad. It's just also inconsistent. Angels minus 114 seems like a very reasonable price. That they're minus 152. I have no idea what's happening. Uh, a grade pick between the Mariners at plus 140. The value in this game is insane. I, I, I cannot even fathom how you get to minus 152 on this number. Like, I don't think Chris Luxon's very good at all, but <laughs> uh, he's not that much worse than Lorenzen. And uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm very flabbergasted. I'm at a loss for words as to how this number is Angels minus 152. Um, doesn't mean the Angels don't win. Again, it's a coin toss type game, and the model thinks slight edge to the Angels. And again, I totally buy that. But man, you're laying such a premium at 152 for a team that is very inconsistent. And not that the Mariners are inconsistent, but that's kind of the whole point. It's, it's plus 140 in a what are you going to get from either one of these teams is insane value, in my opinion. Again, doesn't mean the Mariners win, it just means if they play this exact same game 162 times and I can get these same odds, we're going to win. 40 some odd whatever percent and we're going to profit off of a plus 140 price a great pick from me on the mariners like i said i just don't understand this number whatsoever and regards to the total uh i liked it under nine at plus 115 it's very strange to see that big of a jump there um a b grade pick it's almost as if they didn't want to and maybe they are trying to entice people to bet the under so that they don't have to move the number up. Maybe they really just don't want to come off the nine, which makes sense. I'd go under nine and a half. It's this, this number is equivalent to an under nine and a half. Nine and a half is too much in my opinion for how inconsistent these offenses are not really like a huge hitter friendly night. The ball's not going to fly out completely. We could easily have more than nine runs, but uh, both these pitchers are okay enough. Uh, and, and again, these offenses aren't consistent enough that this total should be, Eight and a half, maybe nine. So at plus one fifteen, you just have you have good value. So my thought process here is, if the total should be nine, which seems about right, plus one fifteen on the under is good value. That's a B grade pick or under nine and a half at normal odds, also good value. Both a B pick can't give it an A. There's just too much inconsistency all around this game to be that invested in the total because a two to one game or a 10 to nine game, either one, I would just be like, yeah, with those teams, whatever, which is again, kind of the point of why I want the extra unit invested in the Mariners at plus 140. Cause the, I don't know what's going to happen. I love the plus 140. So that's how my, where my head is for that game. <laughs> like I said, and again, that just, the price is just confusing me every which way I look at it. 940 Eastern first pitch Phillies at the Padres. 
a normal night in San Diego, low 70s to start, upper 60s to close. Winds will be blowing either slightly in or across, but only around five miles an hour. So park should play like normal, obviously, marine lay or something to look into this time of year for a night game. The Phillies offense uh, making some of those adjustments. I said yesterday kind of a wash with the Padres, but actually now grades out significantly better than the Padres offense. Bullpen grades out worse than the Padres' bullpen. Uh, starting pitcher-wise, though, they definitely have an edge today with Aaron Nola going. And Nola's been fantastic, a top a top five pitcher, according to um, according to the model. Advanced metrics below three, projects really well, and a guy who can give you a lot of innings. McKenzie Gore, though, no slouch. Two bad starts against the Rockies, but still a solid ERA. Advanced metrics in the mid-threes. A guy I think there's a lot of upside to and, and potential to really shut down any opposing team other than, I guess, the Rockies. Model says Phillies minus 101. I mean, that makes sense. Phillies have a better offense. They do have a better starting pitcher, but they're weaker on the bullpen and they are on the road. So I think they can counteract that home field advantage and get it to a 50-50 game given their edges elsewhere. Nola, though, you do wonder about his home road splits. Something to look into. He's been a lot better at home than on the road. Most pitchers are, but his are a little bit more extreme, so that's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. When, when I woke up this morning, this number was – Phillies had a much bigger advantage. People are betting the Padres down. I was seeing Padres, you know, more in the plus 115, plus 120 range even. Uh, earlier this morning, by the time I locked in picks, it was down to plus 106. I was going to take plus 106. That plus 105 number is really the, the last – spot for a B pick beyond that it's really lost all its value in my opinion but the Padres of plus money I think is a good deal here again I talked about with the Orioles uh, them and the Padres are a team that I'm looking to get a little more balanced and playing or fading but that just because it's balanced doesn't mean we're going to now fade the Padres 10 games in a row I think there's value at this number on the Padres I love Nola uh, but I just I love him a little bit less on the road than at home and I really like Mackenzie Gore I, I think this is a low-scoring game that anything can happen. Plus odds makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I'll take the plus odds there with the B-grade pick. At a higher number, A-grade, you want extra invested, but at this point, only a B-grade because the odds aren't that great. And a total of seven, I, I really think this should be six and a half. It's an A-grade underplay for me. Minus 105 is the odds there, which is fantastic odds. Again, I think this should be six and a half. Even Nola doing worse on the road. Um, that should be offset a little bit by going to a more pitcher-friendly park, uh, facing an offense that uh, now I have graded at below average. As good as the Phillies' offense is slash can be, I think Gore shuts them down. The Phillies are worse against left-handed pitching. Um, they, have, they have a lot of left-handed bats in their lineup. I think this is a low-scoring game in that park. Uh, under 78 grade pick, and I think anything can happen. So I'll take the Padres at plus 106. The B great pick there on the side. 940 Eastern first pitch. Tigers at the Diamondbacks. Rony Garcia versus Merrill Kelly. Rony Garcia with that upper four ERA. Not that bad. His advanced metrics are actually a full one lower than that. Projects to be right at league average. So I don't think he's, I don't think there's as big of a starting pitcher mismatch as you might think. Merrill Kelly, a guy y'all heard me talk about. I really like this guy. A very good pitcher for sure. Um, uh, pitching well this season. A guy I usually love to back. But again, I don't think Rony Garcia is bad. I love this under at eight and a half. I think this total should be seven and a half, maybe even seven. I mean, this number is way too high. These offenses are bad. Rony Garcia isn't bad. The Tigers' bullpen is actually surprisingly okay. 
The Diamondbacks bullpen isn't good, but I don't trust the Tigers to score off of anybody. I I have no idea why this number is eight and a half. A great pick for the under. I just don't see runs happening in this game. The Diamondbacks have been an under team. The Tigers have been an under team. This sets up to be under all the way. This number is way too high. With regards to the side, I'll take the Tigers at plus 152 with a B pick. The model says Diamondbacks minus 127. Diamondbacks minus 165, as much as I like Merrill Kelly, is just an insane price to pay. It makes no sense. He's better than Garcia, for sure, and the Diamondbacks offense is better than the Tigers. But the Diamondbacks bullpen being involved in this game has to give a little bit of that back. So if, if the Diamondbacks had a decent bullpen, minus 165 probably seems a little high, but I could see minus 155 if the Diamondbacks had a decent bullpen. But it, it, it's almost like I said yesterday with Montas and these, unless Kelly's going eight, I, I this price is way too high. Um, Kelly's probably going to go six, maybe seven. Um, if he goes seven, then we got the under. But even then, I just think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Plus 152 on the Tigers is a steal. Be great pick. I don't want to be over-invested backing Ronnie Garcia versus Merrill Kelly. But we're going to win three units if this wins. So I, I, I like investing two units to win three here. I think that's a pretty good ratio of how we want to be invested in a game that anything can happen. It should be really low scoring. It should be a snooze fest. Um, plus 152 is too much to pass up. Be great pick there. And like I said, I love this under. I, I If it wasn't for the Diamondbacks bullpen, maybe this number should be six and a half. I mean, I just, I, I don't trust either one of these teams to score with decent pitching involved, which is what we have here tonight. 10-10 or 10-15 Eastern first pitch Reds at the Giants. A chilly night in San Francisco. As always, I know y'all are shocked. It'll be in the upper 50s. Winds be blowing out. Who knows what that means in that park. Graham Ashcraft versus Alex Cobb. Ashcraft rates out at league average. I've liked him. He's been solid. 350 ERA advanced metrics, a little bit worse than that. Alex Cobb is a buy low pitcher at this point. Buy, buy, buy on this guy. A 560 ERA, but his advanced metrics actually are in the upper twos. I'm not sure he's quite that good, but I, I think Cobb's a good pitcher. I think it's 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 smoke and mirrors in the bad way. I, I really think Cobb is a guy who's much better than those numbers. I think the Giants have an edge with the starting pitcher. They have an edge with the offense. They have an edge with the bullpen. They're home. The problem is the price. Price at minus 190 is priced pretty well. The model thinks it should be minus 184. I'll back the Giants. I think they win. But at this price, it's just a lean, just a one-unit play because there's just not a lot of value in this one. There's not enough value to take the Reds. Not that crazy in this <laughs> at this point. But uh, I think the Giants are the right side. It's just the price isn't that good. So just a C pick on the Giants. And the total at eight, I think, is priced pretty well too. This is a game I'm not going to be that invested in because I think all the prices are really, really good on it. Uh, I'll take a flyer on the over because that park's been a little more hitter friendly with the humidor situation, the couple of shifts to the dimensions of that park. Um, but I mean, I don't want to go that heavy on the over. It's kind of like both these starting pitchers. So I'll take a flyer with the over on eight. But again, I think this one's priced really well. So not one that I think there's a lot of good opportunity to profit on. And the apex for me, a quick recap. I'll take the Mets plus 132 at the Marlins. I'll take the Pirates and the Rays under seven and a half. I'll take the Dodgers and the Braves. I'll take the Braves at plus 126. I'll take the under nine in Nationals Rangers. I'll take the Cardinals at minus 150 against the Cubs. I'll take the Mariners at plus 140 at the Angels. I'll take the under seven in Phillies Padres and the under eight and a half in the Tigers and Diamondbacks. And that's all I have for you today. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder to check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, and results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. 
I will see you tomorrow again, probably. Still no, still no baby yet. So probably see you tomorrow. And until then, whenever I see you again, whether it's tomorrow or not until next week, if the baby comes, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.